When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned like a gamble on yourself. What kind of gamble did you have to take on yourself to get to this cup ride? I was in cup at one point. Uh, I, I ran in the cup series in 2020 um, and, and decided to leave the cup series, go back to the truck series with Toyota um, and, and Kyle Busch, uh, Kyle KBM, um, and have an opportunity to, to go win races and try and win a couple championships. Well, we got breaking news on this special edition episode of the Next Level Podcast. I think we're calling this Next Level Extra, Next right? Next Level Extra. Because, I mean, boy, did we just, we spawned. We spawned in when we were needed to <laughs> yeah. break some news in the, the NASCAR world this it was week. A, it was an extra kind of day. It was an extra kind of day. It sure was. Uh, Andrew Curlin here, and we've, we've got a round table of people here just because uh, we were all hanging out in the studio. We've got mics in front of us. We're like, you know what? Let's bring everyone in the conversation. Why not? So Dalton Greco here, Colby Bass, Brandon Brown. uh, We're all in the studio here to talk a little bit about this uh, silly season news that broke this week. John Hunter Nemechek is going to the number 42 car at Legacy and Dirty Mo Media team this week. We spawned into action. We went over to Legacy to uh, help break the news with Legacy and John Hunter and chat with the new driver of that 42 car. Plus, we chatted with, you know, Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion and owner now. Just casual. casual. What a a name drop. Yeah, exactly. So that is all coming uh, here shortly. We're going to hear from John Hunter first, then we're going to jump into our conversation with Jimmy. And uh, I feel like I learned a lot from the conversation with John Hunter at Legacy and and actually a ton from Jimmy. We haven't heard from Jimmy, and there's some new things uh, that he had had to share about the ownership side, the the presence of Toyota. So a lot of interesting things that we're going to get into here. But Also, if I can say, it's just nice to have Jimmy around. I know that he wasn't around, quote unquote, for a while doing his IndyCar thing. And it's just nice to have his opinion and his mm-hmm. face and everything just be a part of NASCAR again. It just feels right in my mind. This was the first time I interviewed Jimmy as a team owner. And I'm and I realized like I went back to listen to the conversation. I'm taking a bunch of notes of, you know, some of the interesting talking points that we went over. I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm asking Jimmy like a lot of ownership questions. This is kind of a unique angle to take with him, which I thought was pretty neat. But um Brandon I know you used to work at Chicagoland Speedway, and I think you and I were in the same place when John Hunter Nemechek got his first career NASCAR win in the Truck Series at Chicago. Do you remember that day? I think it was in 2015. It w- it was in 2015. That was my very first NASCAR race working at Chicagoland. Your first Land. day. My, yeah, my first day. Just kind of huh. threw it in. Well, if you remember correctly. Was it rain delayed? It was rain delayed. It was. So okay, I thought it was. Like, there was like a foot of standing water in the garage area that night. Yeah. And of course, I was working social media, so everybody's asking me. It's like, what's going on? Are we canceling the race? Like, look yeah. outside. We're canceling the race. So that race started, I think, 
at like nine or ten o'clock in the morning yep. um, Central Time. Mm-hmm. So it was already a weird day. And I remember, you know, because I was running the social media accounts for Chicago, standing on pit road, and this I was so ridiculously unprepared because if you remember that day, John Hunter was running kind of like mid top ten ish, and at the end of that race, everyone started running out of fuel, and he was that how it finished? Yes. So I standing on pit road, I didn't have a headset on, I didn't know what was going on, so uh. everybody started pitting and running out and stuff, and then all of a sudden the white flag comes out. I didn't know who was leading, and I had to follow who was coming off a of turn four underneath the checkered flag, and of course John Hunter Nemechek in that black unsponsored number yes, eight it was truck. Un- Sponsored comes underneath the uh, underneath the checkered flag, and I'll never forget it because I'm I'm now good good friends with her now. Um, his PR lady Courtney McGarry at the time, I hear somebody screaming like screaming at the top of their lungs. Yes, yes, oh my god, yes! <laughs> and it was her because they had just won the race. That's yeah. awesome. And then I go to victory victory lane, and that was the first time I'd ever met John Hunter. Um, and of course they were huge underdogs. He was taking that truck and running better with it than it ever had before because he was so young, he could only run a limited schedule up until that year. And then he took that truck and then won with it at Chicago. And that is still to this day, one of my most fond, fond memories working in racing. Right. And what a, what a path he's been on too. Yeah. I mean, starting, you know, obviously that, that first win in the trucks all the way up to cup, back down to Xfinity, back down to trucks and then back up mm-hmm. all the way. Like he's literally gone to up the peak and, down, and then back down like and then back up. One step up, two steps yep. back yeah. in a lot of different facets in his career, which is definitely something that we jumped into. Colby, I know you in your office, you have a list of all the silly season drivers, where they might end up. You can finally check off John Hunter, it seems like, and as someone you know where he's going. Yes, and he, I had him placed there um, for a little bit of time, but is anyone like super excited that he's racing the 42 um isn't that wasn't that his dad's number it was that's a great point listen to this listen to this nugget historian joe nemechek won his very first cup race in the 42 bell south car at loudon if it doesn't come full circle quite like that i don't know what does it also just makes sense to have the son of a former cup series driver be at legacy you know Mm -hmm. it just continues on that legacy of of the Nemechek name. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's a great point. Yeah. Ho- hopefully we get some good like throwbacks to, you know, oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that rainbow colored Bell South car, if y'all remember, like they ran some pretty cool schemes and yeah, I'm excited. I think he's going to do well. Well, let's jump into the conversation because we talk about the timeline of when did Legacy approach him, signing the contract. There's a really great story about the uh, the day he signed his contract with Legacy. Let's just say it was kind of chaotic. Uh, him being a leader on the Xfinity team, how will that translate over to the Cup team next year, and so much more. Let's take a listen to uh, the conversation with John Hunter Nemechek. Well, John Hunter Nemechek, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your busy day. It sounds like it's been a busy one so far. Yeah, it's definitely been good. Um, a busy day for sure, but very exciting day. And you've got some news to share, and I can see by the hat it might be foreshadowing it. <laughs> yeah, foreshadowing just a little bit. Um, <laughs> excited for the partnership and, and opportunity from Legacy Motor Club, and to be joining forces with Legacy Motor Club for 2024 and beyond, and uh, just excited to get back to the Cup Series. Um, 
it's been a, a road, it's been a journey, uh, a couple gambles on myself with, with Toyota TRD and uh, some great partners, but excited for the opportunity here to work with Jimmy, um, one of the legends of this sport and uh, all the men and women here at Legacy Motor Club. You mentioned like a gamble on yourself. What kind of gamble did you have to take on yourself to get to this cup ride? <sighs> I was in Cup at one point. Uh, I, I ran in the Cup Series in 2020 um, and, and decided to leave the Cup Series, go back to the Truck Series with Toyota um, and, and Kyle Busch, uh, Kyle, KBM, um, and have an opportunity to, to go win races and try and win a couple championships. Um, the goal was to go back and, and show that I can win, to become more uh, of a force to reckon with and, and to prove to myself and everyone else that I can still win races. Um, for me, it was a couple years of not winning races that kind of takes you off the map a little bit. And now being able to win races, put myself in those positions and prove to myself and everyone else that I can do this, uh, we, we finally made it back to the Cup Series. With a great team, by the way, in Legacy, uh, you kind of mentioned taking those steps back. It's like one step forward, two step back, you know, two steps forward, one step back is kind of how your career has gone visually looking at it. I mean, is that hard to have to say to yourself, all right, I got to find the best ride, even if it means taking a step back in a series? Um. I feel like early on in my days, it, it may have been that way. Um, but for now, in the last three or four years, um, it's been full-fledged focus on winning races, being in good equipment, being aligned with a manufacturer who has been loyal to me and, and who has pushed me to be better um, with the opportunities that they've presented uh, to me. And, and now this opportunity of being able to join Legacy MC uh, with them swapping to Toyota next year or in 2020. 24 um, and being a part of that whole transition is very exciting for me. Uh, I'm ready to take the, the building block on the shoulders and help build this program to where we all want it to get to. It seems like it, towards the back half of this season your name was floating around as one of those Cup Series contenders in terms of moving back up to the Premier Series in NASCAR. Take me through the timeline of like when did Legacy become on your radar? When did you actually sign with them? Yeah, it, uh, it all happened really fast. Um, to me, to me, I was going back Xfinity racing. Uh, that's where my mindset was at. I thought I was going back Xfinity racing. Um, didn't know what, what Martin Truex was going to do at JGR, <laughs> if he was going to retire, or if there could be a seat open um, there. Um, and then with, with everything that happened uh, at Legacy MC, um, the, the doors kind of opened. Um, but for, for me, I was fully 100% set on going back Xfinity racing for another year or two or whatever it may have been. I hear the day that you actually ended up signing your contract was a pretty chaotic one. <laughs> it was it was a good day. Um, it was a good day. We, we actually had just come home from the hospital um, after having Penelope. Um, it was a couple hours after we got home that everyone showed up to the house and we were able to sign and, and get the deal done. Oh, so they came to the house for that? Yes. That's yes. convenient. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was very nice of them. Uh, very nice uh, of Cal, Amy. Um, Jimmy was, was in on Zoom um, from where he was, so it was, uh, it was a great deal. Isn't that, it's kind of crazy, like the first moment, you know, one of the first moments with, with your kids, and especially with your second one on the way, is sign your contract to go back to the Cup Series. Yes, it was, it was awesome to be able to 
bring her home, only be home for a couple hours and, and be able to sign something like that. And to have them there and a part of it was, was really amazing as well. Um, for myself, I grew up at the racetrack with my family or with my dad as he was racing. And now to have the, the same type of ordeal and having them at the racetrack and growing up with me there, uh, it definitely means a lot to me. You know, you mentioned kind of sitting and waiting to see what Martin Truex Jr. would do in terms of do I have a seat at Joe Gibbs Racing? Will another opportunity come back or will I remain in the Xfinity Series? How hard is it to kind of just be in that holding cell of, of just you kind of have to wait and see where all the cards fly? Uh, I think it would have been harder if I wasn't content of, of what I was able to do and where I was at. If I wasn't winning races and, and struggling, then it, it probably would have been a little bit more difficult um, just to sit there and not know what the future held. But I, I was content. Uh, I, I am content with, with winning races and being in good equipment and showing up every single week knowing that you have a chance to go win. Um, so for me, it, it wasn't too difficult to kind of sit there and wait um, to see what, what played out and like I said there wasn't a full-fledged timeline set of hey I need to go cup series racing by this date mm -hmm. um, it was ride the wave and the opportunity that was presented and try and go win races as a race car driver all you want to do is win it's a good approach just ride the wave I feel yeah. like that's got to be hard at sometimes to be able to do it it can be at, at certain <laughs> times um, but it, at the same time if you're happy with where you're at and, and you're able to, to go and win races as a race car driver, it, it makes it a little bit easier for sure. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I'm 22 years old right now. I know you were 22 when you made your Cup Series debut. What do you remember about being that age and, and jumping in the Cup Series? Tough task, for sure. <laughs> I can uh, imagine. <laughs> a, a lot to learn in a very short period of time. Uh, I learned a lot early on and then as uh, the pandemic hit we went back to the racetrack that year with no practice no qualifying show up and race you better figure it out pretty quick um, we had some really good speed at times that year uh, we ran really well at times that year and we also had some not so great runs that year um, but all in all it was one of the most valuable lessons that i feel like i've had the opportunity uh, of being a part of um, just from a mindset standpoint, from, from doing things that may make you uncomfortable um, of showing up and not having practice, not knowing what to expect, what a race car needs for the racetrack, how long the races are. Um, there was a lot that I had to adjust to in a very short period of time. Hmm. I think that's interesting, almost like that trial run of a full-time Cup Series attempt in, in 2020, now you're back. I mean, how would you approach next year differently than the first time around? Everything's going to be different. Uh, mindset, um, I feel like myself as a person, I've grown, I've aged, I've gained a lot of valuable experience. Uh, I feel like I've learned how to understand different situations, uh, what situations to put yourself in, what situations to try and not put yourself in. Uh, I feel like as a person and as a race car driver, I've just grown. Uh, they, they always say with, with age, you normally get more mature and more wise, and I definitely feel like I've done so. What is the mindset going to the racetrack now? It's for this year, it's the same. Go win, go show up, try and win a, an Xfinity Series championship. Um, there were goals that myself in this 20 team set 
at the beginning of this year for the Xfinity Series, and we are sticking to those. We want to go accomplish every goal that we've set for this year, and we still are on track to be able to do so. So I am fully 100% excited that the playoffs are starting, uh, being able to kind of get this news out and being able to, to focus 100% on the Xfinity Series and just go try and win races and win a championship. You know, it's it, it, th what you said there was interesting is, is now you're able to go and focus on your immediate task at hand, which is in the Xfinity Series. I know a lot of drivers, when it talks, when the, the talks start of contracts and next year, it can be distracting. And a lot of them say, no, nah, I'm just focused on this year. How much does the future distract from the current task at hand? I think you can look at it a couple of different ways. Um, for, for myself, if it is taking time away from your job of studying film or looking at data, sim time, um, if your head is not fully 100% invested, then it has to be a distraction, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, being able to have a deal done, uh, knowing where I'm gonna be in 2024, um, and, and really just honing in on the Xfinity Series this year and trying to go win this championship, it's, it's really good to, to be in that position for sure. Um, I, I think that no matter what, um, my head was in a good place either way. Um, I, I was okay with, with whatever option came about and um, we, we were fully focused and we still are to this day um, of going to try and win this Xfinity Series championship. I mean, your name is at the forefront of this Xfinity Series championship, and, and now, especially with this announcement going to Legacy, how do you deal with the noise of just your name being out there? People, you know, for good comments, bad comments. If your name's being said, it has to be good, it's right? It's a good thing, yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, that was the whole goal, right? Um, when when you're not up front, when you're not winning races, when you're not a name to be reckoned uh, with, then in the end of it, your name isn't being said. You, you're kind of lost track of and, and whatnot. The goal when we came back to the truck series with Toyota and KB and uh, then moving to the Xfinity series was to make a name for yourself, um, to, to go out there and show what you're capable of and, and make sure that your name is said on a weekly basis. Gosh, making a name of yourself now seems like it's so difficult for drivers trying to make it. I mean, what have you learned over the years about how you market yourself, especially when it comes to your brand, potential new sponsors, like what goes into that? You have to work at it. Um, it's not easy. Uh, I have a great team around me uh, that we've been able to, to put together over the last few years. And um, we have some great personnel working for us. We've, we've worked really hard uh, on a social and digital side, uh, on a marketability side. Um, there, there's a lot of things that we've put a lot of effort into, which I think have definitely paid off. Um, but we, without the focus on that and the focus on driving and performing on the racetrack, you have to have both. Um, to make a name for yourself, it's a lot of hard work, and uh, hard work pays off. It does. Absolutely, it does. Uh, I know you've got a YouTube channel that you've been trying to grow, especially this year. Um, how, much, how much do you want fans to see of the, the life of a race car driver, and how do you balance that of professional, personal life? It's definitely hard, uh, but I, I fully enjoyed being able to, to work with my team this year and being, being able to produce some content from behind the scenes footage. And there's some personal life stuff in there. There's some professional life stuff in there. Um, but all in all, 
as a driver, you are living two different lives. It's one life, right? You, you mix uh, racing and family together. Uh, being able to, to have Aspen, Penelope, and Taylor come to the racetrack with me, um, enjoy race weekends with me, and kind of grow up a little bit of the same way that I grew up with, with my dad. Um, it's really neat to see how life comes full circle and being able to enjoy those experiences. Um, so I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed producing some content on that side of things. Um, and there's a lot more yet to come. You mentioned your dad. Um, I know the Nemechek name is a well-known one uh, across the NASCAR world. How much are you trying to keep, you know, your own legacy, you know, obviously, you know, <laughs> pun intended there, yep. legacy alive, but then also, you know, making sure that, that what you're doing is you and, and your dad's career was, was him. I mean, like, is that hard to separate those two? I think it was at the start for sure. Um, I think as the years have gone and winning races and making a name for myself, it's been a little bit easier. Uh, I was always known as Joni Machek's kid growing up, right? I was always around the racetrack and, and known as, hey, that's Joni Machek's kid. Well, now times have changed. We're making our own legacy here at Legacy MC. <laughs> uh, no pun intended, or maybe pun intended, but um, definitely looking forward to the opportunity to, to grow my own legacy here within the sport, carry the Nemechek name, um, but most of all, uh, my dad is becoming John Hunter's dad rather than Joe Nemechek's ah, kid. So times have changed. That's interesting. You know, that's that's what it's going to be. You think? I definitely think so. It yeah. started that way already, so we just got to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. How does he feel about about that? Uh, I think he's okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think for any dad, uh, you want to see your kids succeed. And I know for myself, uh, mine are still really, really young. But to, to be able to see them succeed and, and have the thought of, of them uh, succeeding and doing what they want to do and accomplishing what they want to do, um, it's huge. You're definitely taking your legacy to the next level, and that's the last pun I'll do of this one. Boom. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of there's been a lot of talk, especially when – a, a, a driver moves to a different team, different series about contracts. And, you know, y you've seen a lot of driver contracts over your years and in a lot of different series. I mean, with, obviously without getting to specifics, what are certain things that you look for in a contract that, that, that you would like to see in there? Like, is there anything? Um. I think when you look at a contract, you want to make sure that you get the warm and fuzzies from it. Um, so for me, being able to have this opportunity uh, from the start of, of talks with, with Cal, um, with Jimmy, Maury, um, it, it definitely ha has been a, a huge opportunity for myself and um, it had to come together pretty quick. So um, with that being said, contracts are very important, uh, but at the same time, uh, I would have been okay signing or on a paper towel with a Sharpie or, or even a handshake deal. Um, so for, for me, it's all about the people that you surround yourself with and you're only as good as those people. I mean, I know nothing about a, a big deal like this. Do you, have, like, do you have an agent that helps you out? Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of people in the mix for sure. Um, a lot of great people and a team around me that helps take care of me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, job security is a big thing and you mentioned like results on the racetrack obviously will speak for themselves. What for next year will you feel pretty comfortable with in terms of results here at Legacy? Uh, to be honest, um, I haven't really thought about that. 
um, with with how this team is going to run or how many changes are being made with the manufacturer swap. Um, I really haven't thought about it. Um, today was actually the first day that I I had come to the shop and had got to meet most of the guys on the team and and. Uh, it's now announced, so now mm -hmm. now everyone can start to to talk about certain things and whatnot. But um, it goes back to earlier. We're full fledged set on going to win this Xfinity Series championship, and uh, the focus isn't on 24 until we we get done at Phoenix uh, in November. What does that transition look like in November? It's going to be a lot of time, uh, a lot of effort, um, a lot of communication um, with crew chiefs uh, here at Legacy, um, with internal personnel. Um, uh, I think after the season is really when uh, you'll see a manufacturer uh, swap, swap over, per se, um, and different things of that sort. So the off season is going to be a lot of work this year. Um, anytime that you change teams, manufacturers, whatever it may be, um, you want to hit the ground running come Daytona at the start of the year, or in this case, at the clash, right? So uh, a lot of work to be done, um, but we'll focus on that after the Xfinity Series. I want to talk Xfinity Series. Obviously, it's at the forefront of your mind and, and the ultimate task for this year. What's your role as a leader in that Xfinity Series team that you've gotten to build? Uh, it's, I feel like my role has been pretty well. Um, I, I feel like I've been a decent leader so far this year. Um, I feel like from how many years I've been in the NASCAR world and the experience that I've had, um, it's not like I'm necessarily a rookie coming in. Every once in a while you seem to make a rookie mistake or whatever it may be, but um, with the team guys, with my crew chief Ben Bayshore, um, everyone at Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to work with them this year. And uh, last off season was a lot of work, I can tell you that, um, from trying to get to know all the guys on the team. Some of them I had worked with before uh, when we raced one-offs at JGR in 2021 and 2022. Um, so the relationships were all there. It was just a matter of building that. So um, I think from a leadership perspective, uh, I feel like I can be a good leader. Um, it's just putting the right people in place and making sure that you have a team around you that believes in you and, and a team that I believe in as, as well. And uh, I definitely feel like that's a huge part of success. You said you're a decent leader. Why do you say that? <laughs> uh, I. For me, I feel like there's always room for improvement, right? Um, if I go out and tell you that I'm the best leader, that's probably not gonna be a true statement. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not gonna go and say that. Uh, there's always room for improvement. You can continue to push to be better every single day. And if you improve 1% every day, then that's a huge gain by the end of the year. What do you think you're good at then as a leader? Uh, I, I think trying to keep everyone pumped up. I think communication, um, trying to give my thoughts but not overstep uh, my position or role in, into the team. Um, that has probably been a huge adjustment for me is not overstepping, um, not saying things that I probably shouldn't uh, at times or knowing when to say things at the right time. Um, it's, it's been a work in progress for me on the leadership side um, in, in coming into teams where I don't have to work on vehicles, where I can be <laughs> a driver and solely focus on that. Um, it, it's made my role different for sure. Not trying to overstep. Obviously, you're going to a new team. You mentioned that you, you got to meet with some of them earlier today. I mean, how does 
how does that go in terms of trying to be a leader on a team where you know there's established you know protocols and you know people work certain ways like how do you jump into the new mix learning every single person <laughs> it takes time yeah um, that that's all it is it, it takes time and um, each team has their own processes currently built out right um, so you go with those processes you you go with with the way that they have been doing things and are doing things and you learn it and then if there's ways to improve then from my past or my experience I'll speak up but um, I'm I'm not gonna be the smartest guy in the room I'm, I'm not gonna be uh, the the guy that can tell you a fix-all answer uh, for every single position that you may be in, um, but I know that I can work hard and I know that I'm determined to, to make this a success. And uh, from a leadership standpoint, it's, it's being able to communicate uh, with your team guys and everyone in place to figure out how to continue to get better as a team. Um, from my standpoint, if somebody can tell me how to be a better race car driver, then I'm going to take that advice and try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it works, great. I learned something. Um, if you just get content and you don't continue to work or don't continue to try and learn, you aren't going to go anywhere. That's the race car driver mentality I love. <laughs> Is it like, can you ever be content as a race car driver? No, never. <laughs> no, you can't. Never. I mean, you can be content in victory lane when, when you're winning, but as soon as that celebration is over, it's on to the next week and focusing on what's ahead. Yeah, absolutely it is. You mentioned that hard work and wanting to make sure that you do your job. There's so much hard work that I don't think people necessarily realize that goes beyond just being at the racetrack, putting laps in during practice and in the race. Like, what goes into being a race car driver in 2023? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, a lot of simulation, a lot of watching video, a lot of studying notes, a lot of taking notes. Um, we have SMT data now, so uh, GPS data that we can base uh, laps off of, uh, re-watching races, just trying to study pretty much for the upcoming races. Um, there, there's so many different things that a driver can do or can't do in order to improve themselves. Uh, I've always been one that when you learn and you you retain information and, and you continue to try and grow, it's only gonna make you better as a race car driver, as a person, better to communicate about what's happening on the racetrack, what your car is doing, um, what you may need, what people have been fighting in the past. So um, there's there's a lot that goes into it. So on top of that, also trying to be a dad, trying to be a <laughs> husband, um, and, and really just enjoying every aspect uh, of the racing career and life. Legacy, obviously, making a big step to Toyota. What type of resources does Toyota provide for you? Anything that we need. Really? It's good. Um, no, they, they've been a huge part of my career over the last three, four years. And uh, they have a lot of great resources that we have access to as drivers. And uh, being able to utilize those resources is, is up to us. So um, for, for us to have access to those and um, to be put in a position to where you can succeed with those is something super um, interesting but exciting uh, for a driver and some guys use them some guys don't but all in all um, to me every resource is a valuable resource you're, you're jumping on to a team with some pretty uh, impressive leaders behind the helm of the ship uh, what what have your conversations been with obviously Jimmy and, and Richard and Maury uh, 
Some impressive leaders for sure. Um, being able to, to talk to Jimmy and Richard and Maury. Um, I actually drove for Maury in 2019 in the Xfinity series. So uh, kind of coming back to the shop up here in Statesville and, and being underneath uh, his management. And then um, growing up at the racetrack, uh, seeing Jimmy as one of the stars as a kid and now being able to drive for him is pretty special. Um, and then to have Richard in the camp, you have two seven time champions. Uh, I don't even know how many race wins are there, but it's a lot. I can <laughs> tell you that uh, between Jimmy and, and Richard um, or the King. So being able to just have them a part of, of Legacy and now myself being a part of Legacy, um, we have some very strong and, and powerful leaders, in, in my opinion, and um, some very valuable resources for sure. I know you obviously you're not with Legacy yet until you, you won't join the team until next year, obviously. But I mean, from what you've seen, at least in conversations and joining Legacy, what have you seen out of Jimmy Johnson in terms of him being a leader? Jimmy has been one of the greatest guys uh, in this sport. Um, he's a GOAT for sure. Um, from a leadership standpoint, him and Chad Knauss had a great relationship. Uh, they won a lot of races together, seven championships. Um, he was one of the pioneers of, of hard work, working out every single day. Um, being able to be at a top level fitness, being better in a race car, um, his work ethic was huge. Um, I, I think that part of the reason why he won seven championships is he outworked a lot of guys in the garage and it ended up paying off for him. All right. Well, let's talk just real quick. Xfinity Series playoffs are about to start. I mean, what, what, give me a preview. What, what, what should we expect? Is it going to be lights out? Like who's going to be the top competition, do you think? <laughs> Man, I don't know. There's so many good guys right now in the Xfinity Series. Um, Austin Hill is, has been the guy that has been up there all year with us battling every single week. So I think he's a force to be reckoned with. Um, but I, I think as long as we don't beat ourselves, we'll have a shot for sure. So. Um, I hope it's lights out. I hope we go and <laughs> kick everyone's butt every, every week in the playoffs. Um, it, as nice as that would be, it, it's definitely going to be hard to accomplish that. But um, we have some really good goals set as a 20 team, and uh, I'm really excited to get through Kansas uh, for, the, for the final regular season race, uh, have a shot to still go win the regular season championship, and then uh, it's full-fledged effort going on to Bristol and the rest of the playoff races. John Hunter, we look forward to it. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy day, and uh, you've got a lot of exciting things in the future. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, there you heard from John Hunter Nemechek, and uh, right there at the end, John Hunter talks about the leadership at Legacy, especially uh, conversations with Jimmy Johnson. Let's just say we also had a conversation with Jimmy Johnson. He called in from London. We took the call from our Dirty Mo Media Studios, and it was great to hear the voice of the seven-time champion again. And like I said in the beginning, we talk about ownership, why John Hunter, and uh, there's actually uh, some interesting little nuggets I feel like that we learn about Jimmy from this one. Definitely. I mean, you know, again, like you said, big thanks to Legacy. They could have just said, hey, you got some time with John Hunter. Not only did they do that, they said, hey, why don't you talk to our owner too? Yeah. And seven-time champion, Jimmy Johnson. To say, oh, by the way, yeah. our owner is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. That, by the way, is the excellent work of Amy Stock, who is an out. absolute titan in the industry. Um, so big shout out to you, so Amy. You're when, the best. When you were recording with John Hunter, were you in the second building over at the uh, Legacy? We were. Okay. Yes. So I used to work over at GMS. Um, okay. And my office was like right above where like, you guys were. Uh, up. 
uh-huh. like on the second Did level. Did they still have that uh, Chevelle that was in there? There was like a race car, old school race car. I forget whose it was. There was a Richard Petty car that was in there. Oh, that's pretty neat. I don't know if that's... We no, were, they probably moved it around we since were, then. Uh, we shot it right up. It was, in, I guess, in the same room as the uh, decal. Yep. The decal room. Yeah, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yep. like in that... Old old memories. First part of the show. That was, that was my first... Uh, my first taste of working in in the sport so yeah it's right right up against the airport and i actually i went to amy before the interview started i'm like please tell me you guys fly out of this airport (laughs) (laughs) and they do they do so anyways yeah let's jump into the conversation with jimmy johnson jimmy johnson how you doing good to see you good to see you buddy i'm doing well i hope you are as well uh so you're uh you're in London, I hear. I'm, I'm based here for you know the, the next year or so, um, I would say, but just a, an opportunity to um, you know to experience something new. It's something that my family had been working on for quite some time. Uh, really, in 2020, when I tried retiring the first time, this was kind of in the cards and in the plan. And I went IndyCar racing, and you know it took a, a long time to really get everything in order and to get the visa. But I, I had a work project come about that uh, really provided the opportunity, um, an animated television show that I'm working on. Oh, so cool. uh, that, that provided the opportunity, you know, just uh, enjoy London. So it's really been, been a good place for us. By the way, happy birthday to Lydia. It's her birthday today, isn't it? It is. She is 10 today. So thank you wow. very much. Did you do anything special for her birthday? She is full of sugar. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, we love to... Um, surprise our kids and now it's not really a surprise anymore but in the middle of the night we love to load the room up with balloons so they wake up to balloons so uh. Uh, she confessed at dinner that she she caught us bringing the balloons in <laughs> and did a nice job of playing like she was asleep so, <laughs> so you weren't sneaky enough this time for the decorations it seems like <laughs> no she caught us oh man that's funny uh well anyways um we're here to talk to Jimmy Johnson, the team owner today, uh, Legacy Motor Club. Obviously, a big announcement coming forward. John Hunter Nemechek is joining the stable for you guys in 2024. Why John Hunter? You know, it was we found ourselves in a situation we didn't expect to be in uh, this summer, and when we needed needed a driver, the uh, you know the opportunity with John Hunter really didn't seem within reach. It really appeared that he was in line for um, the 19 car if if uh, Martin Truex wasn't going to return. Uh, not that any of that was guaranteed, but that, that was kind of the conversation where things where things seemed to be heading. Um, you know, so we we really kind of went through our process in trying to find the right fit uh, to drive the 42 car for us. And then as the next few weeks went by, things transpired in a way and and. Um, you know, some meetings took place and, and there was interest on both sides. And I, I really think that John Hunter, I've known him forever for starters, and I've really respected um, his process and his pathway to grow and mature as a driver. I mean, not only as a driver, but also what he does off the track and how he handles himself on the business side. And, you know, as I've been able to get to know him over the last few weeks, I am, I'm thoroughly impressed with the stuff I have not been able to see through the television. Uh, but then obviously on that side, winning as many spinning races as he has and um, really controlling the points as he has, you know, he's got both sides covered. And I, I think he's a great fit for us. And I feel that we have a lot of growing to do as a company and organization uh, to provide the best opportunities for our drivers. And we're working really hard on that now. And next year with the switch to Toyota, 
I think we're going to be in a much stronger position. Um, so we'll uh, we'll grow together, and, and I think it's really going to be a, a great fit and a lot of fun. You mentioned John Hunter. You didn't think he was necessarily within reach over the summer, and I know you've been a part of contract extensions, contract deals on the driver's side. How would you compare the speed of signing John Hunter to Legacy compared to uh, a different contract or normal contract in NASCAR? Yeah, I would say the opportunity came together quickly, and it was one that we just didn't want to let pass. Um, you know, so as you kind of go back to the timeline of, of how that all unfolded, the uh, you know the first domino to really move was was Martin's commitment to stay at, at Joe Gibbs Racing, and at that point, uh, we still had plenty of hurdles to clear to, to get it done. Um, but it, uh, you know, in in my opinion, things moved real, you know really quickly. What are the type of hurdles? you would kind of have to clear like in, in that type of situation. I know like drivers often say like, Oh, contracts, they're so close to being signed. They're just about signed. Like what are some of those hurdles that, that need to be done on the ownership standpoint? Well, the first one is, you know, we, we knew we were interested, but was he, Yeah. Um, you know, was he interested in, in coming to legacy motor club? Uh, what other offers might he have? What other opportunities within Joe Gibbs Racing um, would he have? So there were some layers there to work through. Uh, but once once we knew where his heart was and what he wanted to do, things progressed really quickly, and uh, we were able to get it done in short order. You said there were things about John Hunter that impressed you beyond just the television when you have spoken with him, even within the last couple of weeks. What are some of those qualities that you see in him? You know, when I, when I came along... It would, it would have been great to have a sponsor or connections to some, to some sponsors to bring along, but it really wasn't required. And I feel like I was maybe one of the last guys to get through just on, um, you know, a team owner kind of believing in you or a manufacturer supporting you and, and kind of pushing you down that road. Um, I certainly had plenty of support from GM through all the years and that, that was invaluable. But uh, to see what John Hunter has built around himself and his awareness of sponsorships, how they work, his focus on his digital platform, and you know how important that is to corporate America. Um, you know, for a guy that's you know, mid twenties, really getting you know a, a, his first start in, in the Cup Series, and I, I know he's at front row for a little bit, but to be so buttoned up at this stage, huh. it, I think is pretty rare, and, and that's what I'm, I'm really impressed with. Um, the people he's surrounded himself with, the business mindset that they all have, and you combine that with what he's doing behind the wheel. Um, you know, he's he's way ahead of where I was at 25. <laughs> you mentioned ha- him having to, you know, like you said, you were one of the last guys to just be able to come in without true sponsorship. Obviously, the business model of bringing a driver onto a team has changed so much. What have you learned about that now being on the ownership side? Well, typically things move much slower than I uh, lived through being <laughs> on the, the competition side. And the kind of chess game that is played with uh, partners and sponsors and individuals involved, um, it's, uh, it's a very slow-moving machine. And I, I'm very thankful for people around me like Cal Wells and Maury Gallagher, um, you know, people that have this great business sense and have been in this game for a long time. Uh, so it, it's slow moving in general, but it, it is really rewarding and helping assemble the pieces, helping find the people to fit these roles. Uh, it's been very rewarding and I, I'm truly enjoying it. 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of assembling a great team around you, and that's something that I chatted with John Hunter earlier today is, you know, when when he's working on the contract side and, and you know, getting all of his moving pieces in place, he has a team around him. Like, how have you built your team? Who are the people that you look for in terms of having good people around you on the ownership side to, to be able to make sure you're most successful? Yeah, I mean, it's an ever-changing environment, but, you know, Mr. Gallagher, my partner, has uh, been in the sport a long time, and is not only has he you know, built this racing team, but he's built many other businesses, especially businesses within uh, the airline space, and uh, has lived it all, the good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and uh, his experience and wisdom and, and who he is as, a, as an individual has been so helpful and just really helped set a pace and cadence and understanding for me to mature into this role. And then as we're building out our executive staff, we hired Cal Wells as our CEO. I've known Cal since I was in diapers myself, <laughs> um, you know, from the off-road racing industry. And then, of course, know his history through all the years from IndyCar to NASCAR. And, you know, I just think he his, he generally cares for my well-being, for, for Maury's well-being, and uh, has the experience to really lead this organization as we try to put the right pieces together. Um, and I think for us, one big foundational piece for us long term is our uh, relationship with Toyota. And, and as we all know, we'll be switching manufacturers this winter. Um, we're eager trying to be able to receive all the information and data that's going to be coming our way. So uh, there, there's a lot going on behind the scenes right now on top of taking cars to the track each and every week. And to see our cars perform as they have here uh, with limited resources, and, and they're very limited um, I'm so proud of what Eric and Dave have done on the 43 car. Uh, we've had some good runs with the 42. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's exciting to see all this start to come together. You said you're eager to receive that data. I mean, how, how big of an impact is Toyota going to make next year? I, I honestly, I, I don't know how to lay the percentages out. Um, I, I know we're going to have an abundance of data and far more than we, we've ever had. But at the same time, you know, we need to understand how to uh, interpret that data, how to apply that data. Um, and I think in that process, it's going to take some time to find, uh, find our group and, and certainly find personnel that, uh, that knows what we need and then can also work with some new systems. You know, we've been in a different lane with GM and their tools and software. And Toyota has their own tools and their own software. So there's a learning process there uh, that we'll go through as well. Um, but I, I, I know we're all committed and uh, the support we have far and wide to make this work. Um, you know, it, there's just going to be some bumps in the road, but we're going to, we're going to figure it out and be a championship contending team. Obviously that switch to Toyota is a big one. You, you, you spent your entire career under the GM family. What went into the decision on your end switching to Toyota? Wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't an easy decision by, by any stretch. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it in, to my surprise, as I've returned back to the sport and being gone just two years, it has changed so much. You know, teams can go test and develop their equipment at, as they wished when, uh, prior to COVID and certainly my last year and following COVID and where it sits now with the next gen car, 
the data comes from the manufacturers to the teams and our kind of ranking where we sat within the GM um, hierarchy, you know, we're, we're pretty far down the chain and certainly could t- could work our way up the ladder in time. But um, I, I just, I, I think it would have been a really, really tough challenge for us and uh, to get to that tier one, um, you know, key partner status. And with Toyota's need for a third team, um, we're able to really put ourselves in that position right off the bat. Uh, so for the well-being of the company, the, uh, the future of, of Legacy Motor Club, um, I think it's probably the most important decision and best decision we could have, could have ever made. And, and time will certainly tell. Um, we've got a lot to do on our end. But in uh, you know, the time I've been able to learn the TRD folks and everyone from Toyota, we have their full support and, and boy, are they committed to success and uh, they're, they're going to be fantastic partners. We're really excited about it. I want to touch on, obviously, with everything that transpired with Noah earlier in August and that led to him leaving the team and now signing John Hunter. What's the message from you you as a team owner in terms of social media guidelines i know john hunter's heavily invested in building his own brand as is eric like what's the message from you moving forward for drivers and and how they approach social media yeah i I think we all know and understand um there's certainly certainly a lot that goes into social media um you know i i feel that uh you know, mistakes have been made and, and people do deserve uh, second chances. And, you know, I've, I've literally spoken to Noah um, every week since uh, the incident happened and really proud of the journey that he's on and what he's been doing to be reinstated into, uh, into NASCAR. Um, I, you know, it was a surprise to us that he wanted to resign from the, from the team to pursue um, you know, some, some work he wanted to do himself. And, uh, you know, I, I wish him all the best. And, and again, I, I literally speak to him once a week and I'm so proud of him and the journey that he's on. And I think he'll be back uh, stronger than ever, you know, in, sh- in a short amount of time. You said you speak to him every week. Like, is it just catching up? What do you guys, what do you guys talk about? Yeah, just checking in on him. I mean, in the beginning, you know, certainly more concerned, right? Like it's, it was a big moment and, um, I was just you know, thinking of him as a friend, first and foremost. I mean, I got to know him really well over the last year. And then as time has gone on, you know, the check-ins are more about the journey he's on and some experiences that he's having, um, things that he you know, has really never done in his life before and, and kind of the awareness and mindset that it's bringing to him. So, um, you know, I, I'm proud of him. I think he's in a, in a good place and doing a lot of growing. And again, I, I think... He's very focused on being reinstated and coming back and, and being stronger than ever. One of our drivers, I guess our driver at Dirty Mo Media, uh, is Denny Hamlin, obviously with Actions Detrimental. He had Joe Gibbs on this week, and there was actually a funny moment. Joe was telling Denny, he's like, I told you to stay away from being an owner. The drivers haven't made. Would you necessarily agree with that? Now <laughs> now being on the ownership side, would you do you agree with Joe Gibbs in that standpoint? Yeah, and, and Mr. Hendrick has given me a hard time over this <laughs> uh, as well. Um you know, it is, it is challenging and Mr. Gibbs and Mr. Hendrick know it more than anyone, better than anyone. You know, I, I'm really hopeful that the new media package and the shared revenue will, will make a difference for the team owners. 
And I'm, I'm very excited about the collaboration between the teams, the drivers, and NASCAR to continue to grow the sport. You know, so there, there are some favorable um, elements out there that I really think can grow NASCAR. And, and I do feel like you know, a seven-time champion like myself being in the sport is helpful and, and is helpful to grow the sport. So uh, I'm on this journey. I, I, I do feel like um, you know, if a budget cap does come into play and some of these other elements that, that are still being negotiated and talked about, I really think that it, uh, it won't take, you know, the commitment that Mr. Hendrick or Mr. Gibbs has put in, um, to be competitive week in and week out. And, and I think it, you know, if that is the case, um, you know, you'll see more drivers get involved and certainly other, um, other ownership groups showing, showing interest in doing it because it, it is complicated and it is tough. And I have realized that every morning you wake up, you go to work trying to sell, 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 sell. That's all you can do because speed equals cubic dollars. And it's, it's just how racing's always been. But I, I love racing and I'm truly enjoying um, you know, this, uh, this ownership role and, and look forward to the future. You mentioned Mr. Hendrick. Like, what, are the, what has he told you about the ownership side? Much like Joe joked with Denny, he's like, man, you've got it made. Why, why do you want to come <laughs> mess with this? But, you know, that's always said with a smile. And, and I really do think that, um, you know, Coach Gibbs uh, is, in a sense, proud of Denny for making the commitment he has. I know that Mr. Hendrick is of me. Um, they're, they're tough times. There will be tough times, right? Like, this isn't easy. We still have to perform. It's an expensive sport. You know, we're to focus so much on these advertising dollars from our partners, you know, that it can be complicated, especially as the economy shifts up and down. But, um, you know, we're, I, in my mind, I'm, I'm hopefully building a sports franchise here and with the charter system and where things could be going, I, I really hope that, um, you know, I have my hand in a, in a sports franchise here and, and got in at a, at a good time to help grow it and, and kind of help grow our sport as well. Sports franchise, that sounds pretty cool. Jimmy, thank you. Yes. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. I realize you're the first repeat guest on Next Level, so thanks for, thanks for coming back. Awesome. <laughs> you got it, buddy. It's always good to see you. You too. All right, take care. Well, there you heard from Jimmy Johnson. I think a lot of uh, interesting things that uh, you could take away from that. I mean, even the standpoint that he uh, he talks to Noah Gregson still weekly just to check in, see where he's at on his journey was something that took me by surprise. You know, typically if you leave a job, how often do you keep in touch with your former boss? Now, I know this is not a typical job, and I know Jimmy Johnson is a, a, a not your typical boss, but I thought that was interesting in terms of uh, that they still keep in touch. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, that just speaks to, to Jimmy Johnson as well, just because yeah. he's not a typical boss, but if you, if you followed his career um, and watched him – uh, weekly at the racetrack, he seems like that very even keel, measured guy that wouldn't go too far left or right of anything, and and he would you know be the guy to reach out to Noah and have that dialogue and continue that dialogue because really, I mean, they brought Noah in because they had a lot of faith in him that he was going to perform behind the wheel, and I still think he probably sees that in Noah. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously potential there, but. Um, you know, Jimmy's always been, and even to this day, uh, wise beyond his years. Yeah. And I think that 
there's, you know, it's a testament to Jimmy that he still keeps in touch, but it's also just a testament to our sport. Um, you know, people say all the time that NASCAR is family and uh, somebody does something, you know, something that maybe needs some guidance that people are there to help. Um, it's not just to banish them to the wayside. Um, so. Yeah. The, the stance and the approach that legacy has taken with this, I think is especially what Jimmy had to say there is I hope he comes back stronger and better than ever and learns from this because Noah Gregson's a, a driver that, you know, is, is ultimately someone who, who, can be a contender in in NASCAR field. So um, I thought that was interesting. Also, the Toyota stuff. I mean, we talked about this when the news broke, but Jimmy Johnson, as a race owner, switching over to Toyota after a long, I mean, won seven championships under the GM and Chevy flag, uh, going to Toyota. It was uh, was interesting, especially to hear how excited he was to get Toyota's data. You can tell that Toyota is going to make them a premier partner. They're going to invest heavily in the legacy program where maybe Chevy doesn't do that as much. I mean, we've documented that well on DBC and and some of our other shows here on Dirty Mo Media, but the Toyota move, I mean, ultimately, if that's what is going to make your race cars go faster, I mean, that's the move I feel like Jimmy's got to make. Yeah. It's exciting because Toyota has a lot of speed this year, and hopefully we see that with them next year. Yeah, I think if you've seen, like, since Toyota's come into the sport, they've they've picked their teams very, very carefully. They don't want to yeah. spread themselves too thin across a lot of teams. And you've seen that with, with them when, you know, being with Joe Gibbs Racing and then 2311. I don't think they're, they're going to invest in this team, put their effort in this team, unless they're very, very sure that they can field competitive cars. And, you know, you see it. Every one of the, the Joe Gibbs and 2311 cars have been very fast this year. And I'm going to expect especially with, you know, Eric Jones has had a relationship with Toyota in the past. He showed speed. I think they're going to be a big contender next year with those two behind the wheel because John Hunter is is an absolute wheel man. Yeah, maybe like a similar trajectory that Trackhouse took. Of yeah. All of a sudden, they yeah. just came on the scene and they mm-hmm. were fast. But I think it's, it's worth mentioning that I don't think Jimmy Johnson does anything to not win. So if he's making exactly. a move like going to Toyota, there's a reason for it, and it's to win races. Yeah. Well, and it might not be an overnight thing for them to happen once they get to it i mean you heard him say that once they start getting their data there's going to be a learning curve to even figure out what data is important where they should utilize all these brand new resources i mean having that type of information is great but being able to apply it correctly is even going to be something that they're going to have to work through so i thought again very interesting tidbits that we got from jimmy johnson and uh yeah, that's all I have for this one on on this extra edition of uh, Next Level. I love it. Next awesome. Level Extra. Well, we uh, we have this podcast posted. It's right in the middle of our Shane Beamer series, and that is going to be coming next week. Yeah, we're posting part yeah. two, chapter two of our conversation with Shane Beamer. Brett Griffin uh, comes back on the podcast to talk all things Gamecock football, Shane Beamer, and uh, yeah, this part two of the conversation, it gets real good. I mean, Coach Beamer talking about some of the honest conversations he has to have with players, the whirlwind that he went through jumping on as a head coach at South Carolina, the like the moment of feeling like he was drowning with all the extra tasks that come with being a head coach. Some interesting stuff. But anyways, 
that's all we've got for this one. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I've been Andrew Curlin, Brandon Brown, Colby Bass, Dalton Greco. We got the whole round table here on this edition of Next Level. We'll see you guys next week. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.